There is an estimated half a million men, women, and children that are homeless in our country in this great nation each night. Statistics show the number one reason for homelessness is affordable housing. Dr. Butler and his family have started the Grace Project. It is a plan to build clean, affordable homes that will help get these families off of the street. They would love for you to partner with them by donating to this show where 100% of the proceeds will go to the Grace Project. When you partner with the Grace Project in any dollar amount, you will receive Dr. Butler's latest book. To give, please go to momentspod.com or anchor.fm forward slash moments of grace and hit support. Thank you in advance from the Grace Project. This is your host, Dr. Adrian Butler, and welcome to A Moment of Grace. We are, this is part two. We're talking with Brother Dang, who has written a book, The Lost Boy Tales of a Child Soldier. He was a Sudanese, South Sudanese uh, soldier, and his trials that he went through of having his his brother killed, his father dying early in his life and his mother raising him and his three sisters and the trials that they went through. But there's one thing that I want you to understand as you listen to his story as we move forward here on the second part of this episode is that no matter who you are, God is still blessing. He's a God of a second chance. He can get us out of anything. And with that said, we want to welcome back Brother Dang. God bless you, Brother Dang. Well, thanks, Pastor Butler. Amen. Happy to be on the show. Wonderful. And so on our first episode, you were sharing with us how you became a child soldier. Um, You've talked with me also about having to escape and also about being tortured. Um, Share with me, what would they do when they tortured you? And again, if if we're asking anything that is is too painful, we understand we'll move on to another subject. Okay, yeah. You know, I'm happy to talk about anything, you know, but I know what you mean, because there are some touchy parts, some part that when they bring memories, they bring tears, you know, but during the training, after I volunteered, got into the training, you know, we used to wake up at four o'clock in the morning, no breakfast, nothing, and you are 12 years old. Right. The younger one that was trained was about 10 years old wow. at the time. As, as, uh, as I found out here in Australia, I found out from the guy who used to train me, who used to beat me in prison, he said the youngest person he was training was about 10 year old. 
you know. But at the time when I was there, I couldn't even tell if they tan because we're the same height. Okay. Got you know, you. and because I was 12, I can't tell. You know, so I fit in. I fit in perfectly. I said, yeah, I might be taller than that guy, but we all the same. Gotcha. So I just went with it. But the training was really hard. Training was really hard. We were getting trained on on hills. It's like a mountain, but this is smaller than a mountain. You get trained. You get trained how to to ambush, how to attack, how to use guns. Do you know what I mean? Uh, all yeah. the basic training for the rebel. Right. Because I don't know the real training for the you know for American soldiers how they get right. trained. I wouldn't tell you. But we just train as a rebel, and we get trained with a stick, no guns. Mm. Only the trainer will carry a gun. But at the time, if you don't do it right, you get hit with the back of the gun on your on your shoulder or your leg or your back. For example, if you're doing some maneuver, how to move on your belly with a gun, hmm. moving toward in the grass, you know, and you, you don't do it right, you get hit from the back. You know? But getting hit at the training wasn't bad. Only when you run away and they get you, they bring you, put you in prison. It was a makeshift prison. It's, it's like a bird nest. You can escape out of it at night time. But at the same time, there's hyenas, there's leopards. Because Ethiopia, you know, the jungle is very rich. Right. It's right. so green and you've got a lot of wild animal in there. You get hyena, you get foxes, you get leopards, you get, you know, all of so, them. They're in Ethiopia. So what you, so you escaping, uh, you had to not only contend with not being captured again, but also contend with the animals that were in the jungle uh after you escaped so, yeah, so exactly. now so, what, so now if you you i know you volunteered were you just escaping because of the the torture you changed your mind what what was going on the thing is because i knew how to use gun before i went to the training because i learned it from the soldiers back in my village but okay. now we are in a Ethiopian jungle in the jungle and when you escape you only go on three kilometers that's where the refugee camp is and this is the training for children so when you escape it's not escaping going back to to sudan never okay. you okay. can't make it to sudan right. to go to sudan you can get killed by other tribe so you only go three kilometers away and that's a refugee camp and within that refugee camp what the soldiers do they wait two days and then they attack the refugee uh, camp and then they, they come at night time around four o'clock in the morning while people asleep and then get all the children the new arrival that came from sudan plus the escapee like me they will get us back put us in prison and then you get punished before that and their punishment was uh they run you to the river you get wet they wet you with your clothes and then you have to roll on on hot sand 20 meters that way 20 meters back and then you had to run 70 70 meters that way 70 meters up back and forth back and forth and you have to hop like a kangaroo or a rabbit you have to do that and then you have to stand on one feet and every time the other feet take the ground you get you get whip you got three guys around you with with sticks Jesus. and every time your foot take the ground sometime i used to faint hmm. that you can't move anymore i cry until i can't cry no more you know when you right. you cry you run out and that's it and then when the and the guy who was doing that years later i found him in prison mm. where you, i live where, where you live now 
But now you 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 said in our other episode, your sister got you out of the army, how, how, and you don't know how she how she maneuvered to get you out. How, well, how did you get out of the army? Well, I was I was I was uh, deployed at the border of Uganda and Sudan. So okay. what what I was doing, I was bringing weapon, bringing weapon in uh, to where we are, and then distribute them to our rebel. Okay. You know, bring them in and then distribute them. So what happened was she found out where I was. And because I was with my auntie and my auntie's husband was a captain oh, in the okay. rebel. Okay. So she talked to them and then they said, okay, we'll send him there. That's how she got me out. But I was lucky to be there because if I wasn't with, with my auntie and her husband, I'll be like any other child soldier who, who fought for Sudan or who die, who get deployed right. to the war, but I was right. lucky, you know, and that's how she got me from there, took me to Kenya, Nairobi. Okay. So, so from, from the, from the army, you went to, to Kenya and then were you, um, were you in a refugee camp? How, how did you get to, how did you get to Brisbane, uh, Australia? Well, well, first when I went to Kenya, Mm-hmm. My sister tried to put me to school because the process to go to America, to Australia is, is hard. Right, right. And the thing is, back then, everybody wanted to go to America. Mm, okay. Everybody wanted to go. So what I knew, I was going to America because I had people already gone there as mm. a refugee. Right. So what I wanted to do, I want to go to America. That's the only thing that I, every black man in Sudan knew, every young child soldier knew. So what happened was... was uh, I found out after a while she put me to school, but I didn't fit in. You know, I tell you something, uh, Pastor Butler. Black people are the most racist people I've ever met in my life. Because wow. when I was in Ethiopia, black mm-hmm. people call me black. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. went to Kenya, black people call me black. They spit at me because I'm dark skinned, because right. Kenyans are brown. They're lighter than me. Mm-hmm. Ethiopia, the same. Somalia, the same. And I've, I've lived with these people. And especially, I was in Ethiopia. When I go to the market, they, they, they'll call me black and they spit at me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So when I was in Kenya and I was put to school in Kenya, I didn't fit in. So what happened? I ran away, escaped. I tried to go to Somalia. Then I got caught at the border of Kenya, near the border of Kenya and uh, Somalia. So I was put in prison for three months because I'm a refugee. A young boy traveling with no visa, with right. no refugee status. Right. I didn't have any refugee status. So I was arrested. After two months, they found out there was a refugee camp next to the, next to them. So I was sent to refugee camp. And okay. then my sister found out again I was there. So she got me back to Kenya. And then from Kenya, I came to Australia. Okay. All right. Well, we're, we're going to take a little break, uh, Brother Dang. And when we come back, we want to pick up where your life changed in Australia because you, you, you really, you really went through some things while you were in Africa, my brother. Um, and again, now this is just me saying this, I, you know, we've done, done some work in, in Uganda doing, uh, the AIDS crisis. Um, I, I truly feel some of the, the rest of the world's hatred has spread onto the continent because we are all 
the same people. It doesn't matter complexion. And that's what I try to get people to understand. Um, the African tribes see themselves as different nations. It has nothing to do with the continent. It has no more different to do with the continent than, 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 than um, Ireland and Germany and France and, and all of the European countries. They all look alike, but they still fought wars because they see themselves yeah. as different nations. Same thing with the with with the the continent. So when we come back, we want to talk about your life in Australia. We know that the, you know as we're taking a break, your next your next leg of your journey is in Australia. But then um, some wonderful things started happening for you in Australia. God started moving on your behalf in Australia. And when we come back, we want to talk about that. Okay. Okay. Thank you. All right, we're talking with Brother Ashok Dang. Uh, I'm sure I'm messing his name name up. Wonderful, sweet, sweet brother. Uh, unfortunately, dear hearts, he uh, was a child soldier. Um, gone through tragedy after tragedy. Um, even suffered um, colorism throughout uh, some of the lighter uh, African nations. And... and even tried to go to school. The sister put him in school and could not stay in school because of being bullied. Um, when we come back, we want to talk about uh, this young man's great journey from child soldier to father, uh, from uh, someone's heart who was broken to somebody who, who found Christ. And so when we come back, we want to talk uh, with this last part of this episode uh, of Moments of Grace, The Lost Boy's Tale of a Child Soldier. When we come back with Ashok Dang, we want to talk about his life in Australia and how he got to Australia and how God changed his life. This is your host, Dr. Adrian Butler. Uh, we'll be right back after these messages. And we're back. This is Moments of Grace, and we are talking with Ashok Dang, um, um, this brother who has written this book, The Lost Boy's Tale of a Child Soldier. Uh, the reality is, dear hearts, that Brother Dang's story should make you hug your children a little tighter. Should make you thank God for where you are and if you have anything in your life that you feel uh, God's grace and mercy for, you should embrace it. This young man lost his father at an early age and lost his brother when he was eight years old, which spiraled him into a place of, of hatred that he wanted to uh, join the army and get revenge on the people who had done this to his brother. He wanted his face to be the last face that they saw. That's one thing that the enemy wants to do. He wants to unconditionally tear our hearts apart. But thank God that Brother Dang had a sister who didn't give up on him, who kept 
trying. She got him out of the military, got him in school, and then had a hand in getting him to a refugee camp. And uh, Brother Dang, can we pick up right there? How did you get to Australia? Well, I got this uh, after the process was done. My sister, she she followed. She went to immigration and Australian immigration. She tried all of them: American, Canadian, UK immigration. But we were accepted to come to Australia as okay. a refugee. So after I got the news, we end up coming to Australia with the, some of the first refugee in '96 to come to Brisbane. Toowoomba. And so that's that's how you 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 got there. The the Australian people open their arms up to to you. And, and do you know how many other um, how many other refugees were were with you when you came into Australia? At the time, no, because the town where they put us in is a small town, which is our. I think there's about a hundred thousand people in there. So we were the second black people in the in town. Okay. Yeah. You know, uh, Pastor Butler, you know, there's one thing that I found this time when I was in Toowoomba. We were put next to a park. It's a big park. And because when I was in Africa, I read a, mo- I read a book okay. about moment. You know, you look at the book, you see a beautiful family sitting there, happy, kids are playing. And here, I'm just next to a beautiful park where white people go and sit down, running around with their children. I, I thought it was heaven. I swear to one God, I thought that was heaven to me because that's what I see in, in the booklet from moment when I was in Kenya. Right. Yeah, in the booklet, you know, like the moment booklet. And now I'm sitting next to a park my house, you see white people walking, kids on the bike. Mm-hmm. Happy, happy. You don't see anyone walking with a gun. I've never seen anyone with a gun back then. You know, like only the police probably when they're driving, they got their gun in the car, but it's not like in Africa, everybody just got the gun on their shoulders. Every there's no guns. I thought, I thought this was heaven to me. Gotcha. Well, you, I mean, and you understand this better than I do, that the whole tribal um, warfare uh, is propagated by um, the Europeans <laughs> to to keep uh, Af- to, to continue to bleed Africa of its resources and so we, we understand that um, because the reality is if Africa had no resources then um, you would have that same park in Africa that, that, that they had in Australia but but because of the resources yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah because of the resources and the history um you went through that uh, my my ancestors went through slavery and all of this other stuff but when you got to to australia and you saw this you said you felt like you were in heaven how, how were you received by the people there in brisbane yeah, back then because no english so okay, it was easier Got you. For us, we okay. don't, yeah, I didn't know English. So if somebody said something ugly, if somebody said something ugly, you didn't know what they were saying, so, right? 
Oh, I didn't know. You, you call me a nigger, you call me a nigger, I wouldn't even understand what that meant. Right, I got you. Oh, no, yes, hello. Me, 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 Daniel. Me, me, child soldier. That's how okay. I used to communicate. I got them. you. I got you. Know, yeah. I got you. And, 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 and in America, we, we, we call it the N-word, but, you know, and I understand you, you're coming from a different culture and a different, um, different uh, you know, the way that we look at it. But, uh, you know, uh, I, I see also that um, Jocelyn Garcia with the Sydney Morning Herald wrote a very, very beautiful piece about your book and about you. And uh, so you, you must be extremely proud about this book that you've written and how it's been received all over the world. Yeah, th the book, the thing is, I didn't want to write a book. I never wanted to write a book. I never wanted to talk about my life yeah. until I went to church. I went to church wedding and something happened in that church that, that led to me being on national TV and then writing a book. Wow. But that wasn't a plan. That wasn't a plan. Because I don't feel like my story is better than your story. Right. My story right. is not better than yours. My story is not better than anyone. But, but I just but you come I from a very opportunity to right. write a book. You come from a very unique situation because there's not um, a lot of people that have been uh, child soldiers. You know, at, at age at age um, eight and all the way through age 12, I think the hardest thing I had to worry about was, you know, did the little girl with pigtails like me or not? You, you understand what I'm saying? So your, your story, your story is, is very extraordinary. And to know that you got out of it alive, to know that you ended up in a very uh, good position, a good place. So now share with me also, because you are also a Christian, uh, and that's one thing that, that attracted us to to each other uh, in, in, you know, in the, the short period of time that we've known each other and talked with each other. You've shared with me your faith. Uh, share with me, because you said also that you had an opportunity to see the gentleman that used to torture you uh, in in Ethiopia. And, and so share with me uh, how that felt and, and how how did you deal with that, you know? Did, did, did the old feelings come back? Did you want to, um, now that you're an adult well, man, how, how did you deal with that situation, knowing that now you stand before the man that tortured you? Tortured you, because this is also well, part of this is also part of our, our walk as mature Christians, is how we react to things and people of our past. So, how did you react to that? Well, first, like I told, like I said earlier that I got the name Daniel because of my friend, not because from the book. That Daniel was throwing to the lion of Dan and the lion couldn't eat him. Not that. I didn't even know the story back then. And then when I was in Kenya, there was church here and there. So I, I go to church once in a while, even though I didn't understand what they were saying, but I went to church. And then when I came to Brisbane as a refugee, we were welcomed by Anglican care, people from Anglican care, which is part of church. So my sister, my brothers, we all go to church every single Sunday, even though we didn't understand whatever the 
preaching but we just we just felt like there is god and my mom would tell us and my sister would tell us in the language well they talking about this and this and that that's my older sister my mom didn't know english but and then from there i think something i, I believe in god myself even though i have a lot of question that sometimes i find it hard to ask a priest but i do ask you know right. you know right. so I, I i believe that there is something greater than than anyone something right. that mm-hmm. look after than my i'm nothing i'm nothing but there's something right. greater than than all of us so yeah. i believe there is god and and that made me go to church i go to church every now and then sometimes i pray at home okay. do you know what i mean right right but how yeah it was it was share with yeah. me about so how did you feel when you 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 met the gentleman who used to torture you how, how did you get past that well Well I went to church one day I was invited for a wedding okay. you know by a friend so I went I went to that church to a church that for the first time and the wedding went all right you know african wedding tradition wedding people eat people do everything so we had a big feed and then the 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 bride and the groom got married they swap ring and at the end of the service when the when everything's finished people just shaking hand and then i looked to my right and i saw a face and i'm thinking yeah now that can't be right mm-hmm. my mind told me something and i look at him again i realize it was the guy who used to run the child soldiers prison mm-hmm. it was, his name was anyang and then i look again i realize it was him so what happened was i didn't wanted to talk to anyone i just went straight walk outside jump in my car went home while i was sitting at home everything was coming to my mind mm. everything even though and and during the training there was one guy he was tied up so for days and at the end his arm were, were amputated his two arm were amputated from the elbow and because of this guy sitting in church so while i was at home thinking all that i decided to go back back to church but it was too late because it was the end of the service and i never went to that church again because because of him hmm. until i ran into him in another place years later and so did you how did you react then yeah, the thing is second time i ran into him i was a, i was i was drunk because my life was in a mess Okay. And when I, when I'm drunk I was I was a happy drunk. So okay. I walked to him and I said I said Anyang he said yeah I said do you remember me? He said yeah. Do you remember how you used to torture me? Hmm. He said yes. What about other children including the guy you got his arm cut off? You remember that? He said yes. And he, he told me one thing he said I'm sorry. I had to do what I had to do because if I didn't do it something would happen to me. And I told him I say man I say you are lucky. Australia saved your life and Australia also saved my life because if I found you in Africa where you had no power right. I love to kill you with my hand. I wanted to torture you mm-hmm. but you are lucky. And the good thing is I found you in church because if I found you out somewhere else the first time to see you i would have been like a lion in the zoo you know you can feed a lion every day in the right. zoo 
And when the, the lion is snapped, the lion doesn't think of the good thing. He will kill you yes, straight sir. away. He'll go for the kill. And that's how I, I felt that when I was at home, because when I was in church, I didn't feel anything. I was in shock. Just seeing him. Because the memory has to come because this is 10 years later. Right, right. Yeah. But, but now you have two beautiful bundles of joy that are in your life. And share with us about yes. your children. Well, I have a I have a little boy. He's thirteen and a half. His name his name is Freeman. I named him after everything I went through because Freeman. I couldn't think of a name. Because in Africa, <laughs> in Africa, you have to give you have to give you have to name your children after your ancestors. Not your ancestors after your grandfather or okay. uncle. But when I was here. I felt like I'm a lucky man to be here. Free man. My, my son's name will be named Freeman, a free man. Mm. You know what I mean? And I have a little daughter. She's 17. She's 17 months old. I named her after my mother. Okay. Her name is Ashow. But we give her, we give her uh, English name is Sunday, which is her mother name, her Sunday, which is okay. Sunday, everybody go to church. So I name her Sunday. <laughs> Okay. A Sunday I show, and my son is Freeman, Freeman shoot. Okay. She's after the war. Gotcha. Well, Brother Dang, thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, I, I know it is God that got you out of that situation and got you to Australia sure, sure. and God. gave you your beautiful family. Oh, yeah. um, your, your book is going to... Uh, go all over the world if they haven't already done a a movie on it. I know somebody's talking to you about it. It's very unique uh, and and a, and a challenge. I know there was a a, a movie a few years ago about um, child soldiers in Africa, but um, the, this is something that needs to be known because children do not start wars. Children and young people. Exactly. Don't start borders. They don't have border disputes. They do not start wars. They do not show hatred. They do not make guns. They don't sell guns. They don't steal resources. They don't enslave people. They are, unfortunately, and you were a commodity for people to use and to attempt to overthrow something you had nothing to do with. And I say again, it's nothing but the grace of God, my friend, that got you out of yes, that. Yes, I was going to say, yeah, thank you. I was going to say that I have forgiven Anyang. Amen. He's a grandfather. He's got seven children. I even went and spent a whole week with him. Oh, I stayed at his wow. place for a week. I wanted to get to know him as right. a person. And you know what? I felt... He's a funny guy. He's got that humor, you know. He's a character, right. and I just realized, you know, we all good. We make mistake. That's right. But the thing is, you got to learn from your mistake. You can't That's keep right. doing the same thing every day, and and thing is all right. He right. said, "I'm sorry. I'm a father now. I'm a grandfather, and what I have done, I wish I can take it back, but I can't." You know, I said, "It's all right, man. It's all right. Just move on with your life. Take care of your children, and trying to live happy." You know, Amen. we make mistakes. You know, and I'm so lucky. I'm lucky. I'm lucky, Pastor. I didn't go to America because mm -hmm. when I was, if I went to America, 
back then and ended up in a in a wrong community where people carry gun i would take a gun because that's what i did i made a homemade gun in australia because mm. i didn't have anything when i first came i made a gun at home mm-hmm. i used to go and shoot it in the bush trying to shoot bird you know just imagine if i was in america where there's gun on the street yes. i don't know what would have happened to me i probably would have been killed but well, we, I feel like I'm lucky that I kept Australia where there's no guns. That's why I was getting ready to say, but thank God you're in Australia. And, um, you know, it's it's part of our Second Amendment, right? But um, we have more murders and death than the, all, all the world put together, um, even in war zones in, in America. So it's a good thing that, that you are where you are. I thank God for being here. I was a soldier myself uh, in the military. Um, but I wasn't a child soldier. So brother thing, thank you for sharing your story. Would you tell us how we can get your book? I think you had mentioned before you can get it on Amazon and, um, and, and, and is there any other outlets you can get it at? Yeah, like now, because I'm in Australia, I really don't know what you can only get on Amazon or any, any store somewhere in America or Canada, but the easy, the, 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 the better place to get is online, Amazon. That's right. And uh, it's the Lost Boy, Tale of a Child Soldier. Amen. Well, thank you so much. And and do me a favor, if you will, h- hug your children a little bit tighter and and, and let them, thank I'm you, sure they you, already know you, that you love them. I will, I will. Hug them a little bit tighter because it is only by the grace of God, my friend, that, that, they're, that they're there. You could have... Um, could have been killed in combat. You 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 could have uh, succumbed to a host of things that could have happened to young people like yourself at that time. But God's hand was on you, and God's hand put you where you are now. And so I want to thank you for sharing your story on the Moments of Grace. Thank you, thank you, Pastor. I appreciate everything you've done. Thank you. Amen. And we have been talking with our good friend. I'm gonna try his name again. A shook. Dang, uh, he is brother, uh, brother Dang, who was a child soldier's written a book, The Lost Boys Tale of a Child Soldier. Uh, he lives in Brisbane, uh, Australia now. Two beautiful children, a beautiful life. Book is going all over the world. I want to encourage you to get his book. Um, as we close the show out, I just want to say that we've got to do better in this world. We've got to find a better way to love each other. Um, We spend so much money on, and so many resources on keeping others down. We can spend so many resources on wars and violence and these things. And even to the point of taking an eight-year-old child uh, at eight years old, him losing his brother and, and even inducting him into the military at age 12 to fight wars that he didn't start. We've got to do a better job in the world to show love. And I truly feel the only way we can do that is to understand we are our brother's keeper. We've got to get back to understanding. We've got to love each other because the truth of the matter is because Brother Dang, you know, uh, had an opportunity to die on a battlefield somewhere, but the grace of God 
got him out of that situation and into a better place. And even the gentleman who tortured him, he ended up showing him forgiveness and getting an opportunity to get to know him. And I think that's the reality with all of us is that we have to understand those people, even though they may call themselves our enemies. I think when we start to understand each other, the Bible says above all things, get an understanding. Not, not just a, an outward thought, but truly get an understanding of people, understanding what makes them tick, understanding their hurts, understanding their loves, and having a deeper, mature relationship with them brings us to a better place because something has got to change in this world. And we thank this young man for his book. I truly feel his book is going to change some lives and open some eyes. As it happened years ago with the blood diamonds, the whole world changed to get out of that uh, hideous, hideous uh, ordeal of blood diamonds. And truly our prayer is, is that there's going to be something that's going to deliver these young men and young women from being child soldiers. Well, my time is up. Thank you so much once again. This is your host, Dr. Adrian Butler. Remember, love God, love life. Keep the light on. We'll see you next time on Moments of Grace. Thank you.